0: thank all of you for being here this uh, evening, this evening. How are you? How was your day? Good day? Did anybody have a bad day and you need prayer right now? That would be okay. What if somebody had come? We would have have prayed. That would have been a good thing. Because sometimes I I remember going to work out and the various jobs I had, and some days they were terrible. Some days I thought, God why am I here I, I, I don't like this job there are too many problems on this job you know give me something easy you, you never feel like that I, I have felt like that and not only when I was working in industry some days I was in, in the pastorate oh, God it was a tough day are you that like man yeah and so it's okay if if you had a bad day because you won you beat the day and you're here amen 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 Uh, so sometimes we think that uh, people will think badly about us if if we had a bad day you know but that's okay i've i've had bad days and my bad days have been turned into good days and and it's been amazing yeah and the thing is that god gives us uh, opportunities to show forth our faith. And and so I think that's a, a good thing to, that something happened today and I, I had to have faith to get through that day. I had to believe God. I had to believe God to, to get through. I had to believe every word. And so he he sort of puts you in a position of where you, you can't be a, a, um, a, a slackard, you know? You can't be one of those persons who just takes everything for granted. I was thinking about Uh, this evening and the end of the year and we have been through so many things all of us have been through so many things but look we we are the survivors we've 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 made it you know you know the things that were trying to get us couldn't get us the floods the fires of life they, they weren't able and the thing is that God has blessed us with with something called faith or believing God has blessed us It is a wonderful thing to have the ability to believe what you can't see. And God has so richly endowed us, gifted us to believe. believe. There are millions and hundreds of millions of people who don't believe. They are unbelievers. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that today. And I I titled this message, "The, The Pathway to Life, Believe God. Just, it's the pathway, and so often we take these things for granted. I, I found it very interesting as I was uh, doing my, my study again on believing. It's, um, it's the, the Greek word uh, pistouio. I may not have pronounced that perfectly, but I know sometimes you don't, guys don't pronounce things perfectly either. So, so, so I feel safe. So, yes, so believe is pistoio, is to have faith in, to have faith upon something. It means uh, to entrust yourself, especially uh, your spiritual well-being. You entrust yourself to Christ, committing yourself to him, um, to put your trust in Christ or to put your trust with Christ. Um, to believe also means to be persuaded of, to place confidence in, and to trust, which signifies that you and I rely on someone. We rely on Jesus. And uh, I, I noticed, that, and when I was studying, as you, as you know, how uh, you do that. You, you, you study things you've, you think you've always known. And then you'll discover that there's something that you didn't know about what you've always known. And, of course, that, that happened because I thought it was very interesting as I was looking at this verb. You know, the, John says, in John chapter 1, he says, in the beginning was the word. In Spanish it says, en el principio era el verbo. And when I remember when I saw that years ago, I, I was so excited. I said, they're calling the word a verb. That is an action word. And, and so I was so excited about that. But here I noticed that John does not use the noun pistis, the Greek word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. He doesn't use that to describe uh, Jesus, the, the interaction with Jesus that believers had. He uses the verb, and he uses only the verb. I, I noticed that in my little study that Matthew and Mark used uh, this verb pistuyo uh, ten times each. Luke used it nine but John used it 99 times. And I was asking myself, how is it that John used this? Because he was showing us that this relationship was dynamic and it was full of action. And so, uh, Pistuio signifies to commit to, to entrust oneself to God. Also, it is a firm conviction that you have a firm conviction producing, like, a full acknowledgement of God's revelation of truth. You you, you are firmly convicted about that. And and what happens when you are uh, full of the acknowledgement of God's revelation, you are fully convicted of that. You have firm conviction of that. Then you are now inspired uh, by that firm conviction to live a surrendered life. To live a surrendered life so when we talk about our faith it's not bluster or bravado when we talk about our, our faith it's it's it results in um, a surrendered life my conduct my conduct is inspired by by that surrendered life that I now have as a result of my dynamic relationship with the Lord I was looking at John chapter 1, verse 6, and I always like to start with John chapter 1. I'm so just amazed that John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. All things were made through Him. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. Nothing. And I'm always amazed by that. But I thought today I would try, uh, starting in John chapter 1, verse 6, and I failed. I had to go back to 1. 1, one. In John 1, 6, uh, John, let's get out John's right. We're talking about John the Beloved, John the Apostle, not John the Baptist in, uh, as the writer of the Gospel of John. <clears throat> and uh, John uh, the Apostle starts to write in John, in John 1, verse 6, saying, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He's not talking about himself. He's talking about John the Baptizer or John the Baptist. Uh, the man, this man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. And he uses, he uses that verb, uh, But And so he is showing us that John came as a witness. He was witnessing about somebody, Jesus Christ. And he says he, was, he came to bear witness of the light that all through this testimony might believe. And he says, John, he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Now, I I don't want us to forget, my intent here is to just show you the blessing of being a believer. How God has sort of made a choice of you. He has given you something that so many of our contemporaries lack. I find it strange that many believers, especially our young people, want to be like the world when the world needs to be like them because there is no pathway to life doing the things in the world. There's a pathway to death, but you and I, because God has given us this amazing blessing, we are on the pathway to life. That is amazing. We have life, and we're going to life. Now... now, that's how the language is, the scriptural language. It's, it's what we call the already, but not yet. You, know, you, you already have what you're going forward to. So we already have eternal life. We already have believing faith. We already have this action word, but we're going to more action. And that's what God wants us to understand. So he says that he was in the world. He was in the world. Is that where I am? Look, verse 9. That was, let me read it 8 again. He was not that light. John was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. And so when God gives everybody an opportunity to come to Jesus, he gives you uh, all kinds of uh, signs in the heavens. He gives you uh, Interaction by the Holy Spirit on the earth. He gives everybody an opportunity to come to God. And he says, he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. What, what a pity. What a shame that the creator of the universe came into the world and those who were created by him had no awareness of him. I mean, what, what a shame. What, what a, a pity. He came to his own or to his own people. And his own people did not receive him. This, we're talking about this word of God, the word of God, the logos of God, the thoughts of God, the eternal creator, the one who is life. He, he did not receive life from anybody. He is the eternal life. And he came to us. And listen, his, he came, but they, his own people, his own nation, Israel, did, as a whole, did not receive him. There were individuals that did, but did not receive him. And when I read this, I am all the more blessed by the fact that I am a believer. I am an action verb. I'm a verb. Yeah, yes, I, I, God has a, a right to, to my life and has given me a right to him, himself. But he goes on to say, these people did not receive him, but Verse 12, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Now listen, that's so big for me to think that that we're on this this road of life and we are walking down this road of life. There are others that seem to be uh, walking down the same road, but they're not. They're on a road to death. But we're on this road to life and what separates us from them is the fact that We believe. We believe. We're not people who just made up something. No, we believe from the heart. Somehow God got to our stony heart and removed all of the stone and gave us a heart of flesh, a pliable heart. to where when we saw God through the eye of the spirit, through the light that he gave us, we recognized him as God. That is so amazing to me that you and I are believers and we weren't searching for him as it were. He found us. Yeah, that is another amazing thought of God. It separates us from them. So the, the John in, in his epistle says, uh, don't love the world, nor the things are, that are in the world. For anyone who, who loves the world, uh, the love of the Father is not in them. And so he shows us this amazing reality that you and I have now been pulled out of the world and we don't, as it were, love that world system. Uh, and so don't let anybody convince you that you are on the wrong path and that you're a part of the problem. So he gave us the right to become children of God. He says, to those who believe in his name, you and I believe in his name. And so we have the right or the authority to be children of God. So now, even in this world, right now, we are children of God. You say, well, I've known that. But you can know it even deeper. You can know it at a higher level that you are a child of God. I know. As I grow, I find out what I used to know, I know now, but I know it deeper. I know it at a higher level. I know it more thoroughly. And so I want you to keep knowing and knowing and knowing and knowing until that day you see him face to face. Amen. Amen. You're on the pathway of life. You're on this this amazing pathway to life of life. You are on on a a journey that I'm sure that if the world could believe, could see, they would so envy you. So let's, let's be steady in our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, in our our verb experience with the Lord. He says, to as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Now, now he describes what happened. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So he tells all these categories that you, were, you did not come to the kingdom because of um, a blood, as it were, relationship. You didn't come to the kingdom by the will of any flesh, any man. Not your dad or your mom did not bring you to the kingdom. Nor of the will of man. No friend said, I want you in the kingdom. But you are here because God wanted you. So you were born of God. And the amazing thing is that we believe that we were born of God. And when the Bible talks about being born again, the Bible is always talking about being born not from the hospital or through the midwife. No, but being born from above. That's why Paul says that our citizenship is in heaven. So you and I believe that. And John talks about that 99 times. John had a special relationship, didn't he? He sure thought he did. And and the Holy Spirit let him write about it. You have a special relationship too. Any parent can tell you that they love their children and each child has its own or her own relationship. Amazing. Amazing, right? Now, some of you think you're the favorite, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Don't have your heart broken like I had mine. (laughs) let's look at Mark chapter 1 verses 14 and 15 Uh, verse 14 says now after John was put in prison Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand sure I think that we could say these words as well I think that we can say that the time um is being fulfilled. We could say that. The time is being fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand because by the Holy Spirit I sense something and I've talked to several of you. You are sensing something and we're not making it up. We're not collaborating together. No, you said something is going on. Paul tells us that we are children of the day and not of the night. We are of light, not darkness so that the, the, the... The example of the thief will come upon us. Or Jesus will suddenly come and we had no clue. So, no, no, we will know. We know the season, not the day, not the hour, but we know the season. We go, something's going on in this season because of the Spirit of God in you. So I believe that I have the Spirit of God because the Spirit of God is testifying inside me. He is testifying inside you. Showing you that you are now a child of God, a son of God, one who inherits all things, not just some things, but all things. All things are yours. All things are yours. I know that's so, so big, it's hard to get your, your, your head around that, your mind around that, but all things are yours right now. You say, but I don't feel like it. It doesn't have anything to do with feeling, it has to do with being a believer. Pistuyo. All right. So let's, let's look at that. I am a believer. I didn't make myself a believer. God did something in my heart. I responded to what he did in my heart. And now I am a believer. I'm a part of that action verb. Now, he says, so John was put into prison. Jesus started preaching that the kingdom of God is at hand. And this is what he says, repent and believe in the gospel. So when Jesus speaks words, we've, we've learned that Jesus doesn't, as it were, just speak to you. He speaks what? Into you. So I think it's a, a Revelation 3.20 says, um, help me with that, that uh, say it again. Behold, I stand at the door. Now, who said that? Oh, yes, my friend. <laughs> man, I want to say just, I, I got so excited. I thought, muchas gracias por ti. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If, if any man oh, and opens the door, come in. I'll I'll dine with him or sup with him and and he with me. Wow. I sure thank you for that. So so what Jesus is saying, so you and I, uh, we are here. Jesus is knocking at the door of our heart and he says, and we said, yes. He said, repent and believe the gospel. So he speaks into the door of our heart. So it's not an actual door on your house. It's the door of your heart. And when he knocks on that door, you say, yes, he, he comes in. And he dines with you. He participates in fellowship with you. Yeah. So this verb that we are trying to pronounce uh, signifies committing to him. So when he comes in, you commit to him. You entrust yourself to him. And this firm conviction that you have will produce in you something. A, it will produce, in your, those of us who've been growing and growing and growing, we've noticed it has produced this full acknowledgement of God's truth. So we say, boy, God, you are truthful. You are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. And it is a personal surrender, again, to him. And that conduct is in and our conduct now is not just conduct of those who are trying our very best. We are doing the best we can with what we got, God. No, but now it is inspired by that amazing faith, that uh, belief that we have, and so our conduct now is a result of what God has done. That means you're getting better and better. Now, if you're here tonight and you're not getting better and better, what's the problem? Are you a real believer? Uh, I must ask that question. Are you really believing God? You know, and sometimes I'll hear people say, well, I'm trying to believe. What's that? Well, I know what you mean, but just believe. Believe because of the life that is in you. The life in you is your enablement to believe. There have been times when the enemy gives you all kinds of false information, all kinds of false information, and you believe in spite of all of the false information, which looks pretty good at the moment. But you continue to believe because you're on this pathway of life. Um, Matthew 19, uh, one of those interesting stories is is about what we call the rich young ruler who came to Jesus. And he says, um, verse 16 says, now behold, one came and said to him, good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And so Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. And so when Jesus said keep the commandments, of course the young man said, I've done that. I've done that all of my life. And Jesus said to him, go sell what you've got, give it to the poor, and come follow me. You'll have treasure in heaven. And I said, well, I can't do that. So had this man fully believed. I say he had not fully believed. You cannot keep commandments you don't believe in or have help that come from a God you don't trust. You just can't do it. You cannot keep commandments you don't believe in or have help that comes from a God you don't trust. So God builds in from our believing, we have trust in God. We, have, we, we, we are, are confirmed in our relationship with God. And so, uh, for the Bible says, uh, uh, the scripture says, for he who comes to God must believe what that he is. And that what? what? He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. <clears throat> so, to really believe in God is to be on a journey of diligently seeking the Lord. Now, you, you may say, well, I don't know if I'm there yet. Well, I, as I've shared with you, I have been diligently seeking to be a diligent seeker. And I, and I didn't realize that I was diligently seeking to be a diligent seeker until I would say I became a diligent seeker. Have you ever grown, you know, when you're growing in the Lord, you think you're in one place and you finally get to a particular place and you say, wow, I thought I was already here. Or maybe something will happen in your life, and it will jolt you. you know you thought all of that stuff was behind, maybe the, the you know your temper, perhaps maybe that's something was behind, and uh, the things that come out of your mouth, all that was over, and something happened, and you go, "Wow, I thought that was behind me, and then one day you will keep striving on this pathway of life, you keep going, keep walking, and then suddenly you're there because that thing that would strike a negative response in you before, you say, wow, that guy's gone. He's finally dead. Thank you, Jesus. Then you begin to exult in Jesus because now you're walking out that amazing life of a believer. Now your conduct is inform- and informed by that action word that is in your heart now. I think it's amazing. And so let's look at John chapter 17. I thought I would throw this one in. Um, I, I, I love this uh, verse, uh, verses 1 through 3. I love those verses in uh, John chapter 17. So I thought they had relevance. Uh, those of you who preach the gospel, you know, sometimes, you, you know, you're studying and you go, this has relevance. And you stand up by on the podium and you go, why did I put that there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those things happen while we preach. I, I Come on. It, it, i know i see preachers and teachers out here in the audience do you ever talk to yourself yes sir i knew you would tell me the truth and uh, yes you go why why did i do that well you know it's like oh jesus you know but i hope this isn't the case let's read it i'm reading that i started to throw it out but i, I just love this verse these verses jesus spoke these words lifted up his eyes to heaven and said father the hour has come glorify your son That your Son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I thought, yes, I'm going to stick this in there and I'm going to make it work. Because what Jesus is showing us here. He's saying, "Glory, Father, the hour has come. This is the time for you to glorify your son, that your son also may glorify you. You have given him authority over all flesh and that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. So Jesus is saying, okay, I'm going to give eternal life to all these you've given me because these you've given me have been taught by you. And they are going to believe that you sent me. And since you sent me, they're going to believe it. I'm going to give them eternal life. And this is eternal life. I'm going to give them a full knowledge of you, the only true God. They're going to know that you exist. They may not have the acumen to prove it, but they know in their knower that you, you exist, and nothing the world can do will shake it out of them. Nothing the world, the fires of the world can't burn it out of them. The waters of the world can't drown it out of them. They know that they know that they know that you are the only true God, and they know that I am sent by you. So it doesn't matter what the world does. Let's not warm ourselves by the world's fires. Mm. Wow. Well, wow. this is just amazing, just to be a believer. I love being a believer. Yeah? Yeah? I am so glad. Because when I see faithless people, people who don't have faith, or they don't have this action verb going in, I mean, working in their lives, I feel bad for them. There was a time in my life, I don't know about you guys, but I have a lot of fire in my belly. It's been there since I was a, a kid. And I prayed to God, remove the fire. Remove it. I don't want it. I don't want it. And he has never answered that prayer. But he has now done something in me, and I trust that he keeps on doing it to where he says, no, I want you to manage it. I want it to be there, but you can't touch it. And, and, and so God is doing something in all of us. What God wants us to do is to acknowledge himself, walk in his, in his ways, and not warm ourselves by strange fires. Not, he doesn't want us in the camp of the enemy. So many believers are, are conflicted. And, and I find that the only time I'm conflicted, the only time I'm conflicted when I want to do what I want to do. The only time that I wrestle with God is when I want to do what I want to do. But when I yield myself, and I, Lord, I want to do what you want to do. And I have, I'm not like some of you, you can say it to yourself one time. I preach to myself. Sometimes I say, help me. Help me. I need you. Help me. I don't like the way I feel right now. Help me. And what the Lord has done, he has given me a love for people who don't love me. Amen. Can I tell you. I feel like that homeless guy. One time this, this guy was talking. to He said that's crazy. Can, may I say that to you? you. You know what I mean by that. It's just crazy. I'm thinking. I'm not supposed to be loving this person. But I have this amazing love. Because I'm not warming myself. By the enemy's fires anymore. Yeah I'm not going to do that. And so don't find yourself in that camp. Let me read one more or two more, and then we'll be done with this evening. How is that? Okay, let's look at John 6, 28 and 29. He says, then they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? You know, we all want to be, uh, uh, Pastor Stan Mack used to say, every Christian, everybody who's saved, when they first come to the Lord, they want to be Super Christian. You know what I'm saying? You want to be the one, you want to be the Smith of Wigglesworth of God. You don't want to cast out the demons. You know, you're not even talking, thinking about angels, you know. You want to go find some demons. Cast them out. All that stuff, right? And and, and so uh, these people wanted to do the works of God, but they didn't want the one who God sent. They wanted to do the works of God without God. But I would say to you, this, 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 these are two of the most important verses in the Bible I think. They're two, of, two of, of some of the most important verses in the Bible. They're two of all of the words in the Bible. <laughs> what shall we do to do the worship of God? It says, Jesus answered and said to them this is emphatic, right? This is the work of God that you, said again believe in him whom he sent. So Rather than trying to get more spiritual, to have more power to cast out demons, let's just say, Lord, I want to believe you every day. When I wake up every day, I want to believe you. Regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the situations. Doesn't matter whether I'm broke or I've got a bunch of money. I want to believe you. And I want to value you more than anything I possess. That's what we want. Being a believer is amazing. Is amazing. Is amazing. Now, I'm telling you, it's just amazing that we are believing with all the doubt. We're believing among all the atheists and all the people who say they're agnostic, you know. We're believing, we're still believing. And they ridicule us, they, they say mean things about us, they say, we're the problem, we're still believing. Well, that's amazing. Come on, that is amazing. You know, trials have come, we're still believing. Temptations come, we still believing. We stumbled, but we got up still believing. Isn't that amazing to you? So God has done a work in you. God has done something in you. There is, there is eternality in you. The eternal God is in you. There's a piece of eternity inside a clay jar. That is amazing, and I believe it. Amen. Okay, this is it. I think I may have said that once before. I think, I think these are, the, are two of the verses that I wanted to share with you. John 6, 6 7 through 69, and then we're closed. Then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? Now, that was after Jesus had said to his disciples, he was preaching in the Galilee, and he, wanted, he said, to, and the Jews who were there as well, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood or you have no life in you. And, and some of his disciples walked away. And the Bible says they never walked with him again. They, they just walked away. So what is it that Jesus will require of you that you are unwilling to give? You have to ask yourself that question. But Simon, So he says, do you also want to go away? Now, this is amazing. I, there's so much we could elaborate on by that. But verse 68 says, but Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? I'm going to ask you that question. To whom shall we go? He says to Jesus, You have the words of eternal life. You have God's words. You also, you also have God's words. Don't let anything or anybody take from you God's words. Don't be shy about speaking God's words. And he says, you have the words of eternal life. He says, also, he wasn't finished. We have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So I believe that Peter is saying that the goal of believing, putting our trust and committing ourselves to him, coming to a fixed and firm place is to come to the settled position and be entrenched in knowing that I have believed. I have believed in the one and only true God. I have believed in Jesus Christ whom he sent. And I am forever positioned there and nothing can shake me loose from that confidence in him. That's what Peter's saying. And God has blessed each one of us with this ability to believe, Brother James. Hallelujah.